y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And you are joining me on week two of a new series that we are talking about spiritual conditions. And those are four, essentially, dead, alive, lost, and found. And you and I are in one of these four conditions, perhaps even more than one of those. Last week, we discussed the first two, being dead and alive. Today, and for the next couple of weeks, we will discuss the condition of being lost. And then on our final week, we will look at the condition of being found. Our main scripture is in Luke 15, and we will be there for these next three talks. I'm going to discuss each parable, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. I'm going to go out of scriptural sequence, though, today, and look first at the parable of the lost coin. And then next week, we will jump back to the parable of the lost sheep. So every Sunday, usually, we go over to my in-laws, Brian's parents, and we have Sunday lunch with them and Brian's brothers and their families if, if they're able to make it. And this past Sunday, it was just us, just Brian and Shelby and I, and then Brian's parents. And the day before, uh, my five-year-old niece was over, had been over at their house, and she had gotten my mother-in-law's comb that she combs her hair with, and my niece had just put it away somewhere. My mother-in-law couldn't find it. Shelby had been over there with, with my niece, and she didn't really know where it was, and and so we all got to looking for it. And then I'm telling you, we turned over and we looked under and turned over cushions and everything. Well, I was sitting on the couch. And so I thought, well, let me just reach my hand down into the side uh, from the armrest and the first cushion. And so I did that and I reached down deep and I felt the little prickly bristles of the comb. So I was like, I've got it. I got it. And I pulled it up and then I kept feeling around in there. So we found the comb. My mother-in-law was happy. You know, she texted my niece's dad, my brother-in-law, and said, we found it. You know, no worries. Well, then I kept, you know, just kind of reaching my hand down in, in there, and I felt something else. And it felt kind of like a rectangle. Well, I pulled it out, and lo and behold, it was a old cell phone that, I think it was Brian's, that we had given to Shelby two years ago. And she had lost it. And we had looked at our house, didn't really think that to look at our mo- at my mother-in-law's house, but we looked at our house. We couldn't ever find it. So we just went on. Well, there that phone was. And, uh, and Shelby got all excited because she had found something that she had lost. And really in her mind, she was not getting it back. I mean, now she has a phone of her own. There's no need for it, but there was excitement when she found it. And that's kind of like what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into the parable of the lost coin, I want to first start off with making a distinction between these words lost and dead. Like we talked about last week, that a sinner, an unbeliever, you and I even, before we came to salvation in Jesus, we were dead in our sins and our transgressions. And we saw that in Ephesians 2 telling us that. But then we have this word lost here that we see throughout scripture. 
And these two words can be inter used interchangeably to mean the same thing, the condition of an unbeliever. And more often than not, this is how this word is referred. But they can also come to mean two different things. A dead person, an unbeliever, can be referred to as lost as well as dead. A believer who has wandered from their place of belonging can also be referred to as lost, while that is not their permanent spiritual condition. I'm not talking about losing your salvation here. I'm just talking about wandering away from what you know, wandering away from when we'll see next week from the Good Shepherd. For the sake of this series and the next few weeks of talks, we are going to take the latter interpretation of this word lost. So let me ask this question. Can someone who was dead and has been made alive in Christ be lost? If we take this latter interpretation, then the answer is yes, they can. Why is that? I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen friends and family members who have had an authentic death-to-life experience with Jesus, and yet they wander off from Him. They get distracted by the ways of this world and the pleasures of this world, going astray one temptation after another, only to, quote, wake up or, quote, look up one day and not know where they are or how they got there. They are essentially lost from their faith. One wrong turn, one bad decision after another, landing them in an unknown spot far off from Jesus. This is the lost condition to which I am speaking. Does that mean that this alive in Christ person cannot be found? On the contrary, and far from it. And the good news, the continuous work of the gospel is that Jesus is, quote, out looking for those who have wandered off, ready to bring them back home to his presence and have sweet communion together. That's good news. That's good news for you and I. That's good news for anyone with a wayward child or grandchild. That's good news for your wandering friend doubting the salvation experience they had as a young person. That's good news whichever way you slice it. With this in mind, let's read this parable and see what Jesus says about it. Luke 15 verses 8 through 10. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels over one sinner who repents. First off, let's define some terms. The ten silver coins here are called drachmas, if I'm pronouncing that right, which is a term that means the exact number of silver coins or a handful typically given to a Palestinian woman as a wedding gift. There is monetary value in these coins, of course, and there is sentimental value. How about the word lost? It means to be cut off entirely. What about the word sinner? It means a person who falls short of what God approves, to forfeit by missing the mark or the target. And the word repent means to change one's mind or purpose spiritually speaking, from sin to God. 
Knowing the meanings of these words will help us in understanding this parable. In verse 8, we see the word has. This word means to own or possess. The woman, who in this parable is a figure of Jesus, has possession of the coins. All ten of them are hers. Their home is with her. All ten coins are valuable to her. So valuable that she will set down the nine in a safe place and invest time and energy earnestly looking for the one that is lost. She does not say, Well, I've lost one, but I have nine more, so I should be okay. No, that tenth coin is just as important to her as the first coin. Jesus tells us that she searches carefully until she finds it. The English Standard Version translation says she seeks diligently. This means she knew that finding this coin would be an undertaking. She took the time to light a lamp, to shine it under and in dark places to look for the coin. She used her broom to sweep, to cleanse out hard-to-reach places where the coin may have landed. She continued her search until the coin was found. Did she find the coin? Yes. And what was her response? Total joy and call to celebrate. We will talk more about being found in a few weeks. Now let's bring this home to us. A parable told by Jesus was usually a practical story that the ordinary person could understand with spiritual meaning. So what is the spiritual meaning here? Number one, we are the coins. We are the sinners in need of a Savior. Number two, as believers, we are Jesus' possession. Just like those ten coins were a handful for the woman, we are in Jesus' hand. Isaiah 49, 15, and 16 tells us, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Number three, each of us individually is valuable, not forgotten, and worth the time, energy, and investment to find if we get lost. Number four, Jesus will shine the light of his truth, his scripture, in the dark places you may find yourself in. He will sweep or cleanse the hard-to-reach spaces of your heart and mind in order that you may be found. And number five, he will not give up until he finds you. He is eager to have you back in his hand. And when you are there, he will bust out in celebration like none has seen. This is love. This is good news. This is reality. Jesus is seeking diligently, searching carefully for his lost coin. Whether that's a person who is lost and initially needs to make a decision to follow Christ, or that person who has come into a relationship with Christ, but again has wandered off, made intentional decisions to get away from Jesus and from his hand. If this is you, you can be found today. Allow him to bring you out of the shadows, shake off the dust, and return to rest in his hand. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you have sent your son to bring us from death to life into a living and breathing relationship with you. And I thank you that he is the only way. 
that this can this can occur. God, I also thank you that he doesn't neglect those who have wandered off, those who one decision after another has taken them far off from, from you and your son and the good life, the abundant life that Jesus can provide. God, for anyone listening today who is not a believer, who has not take that, taken that initial step, God, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. And I pray for the, my friend listening who feels like they have wandered off. If they were to ask, how is your relationship with Jesus? They would say, okay, or I need to work on it. God, would you search after them? Would you shine the light of your scripture, the truth, into their hearts and their minds? And would you sweep? Would you do some cleanup? And would you bring them back to rest in your hand? Because there is where we are found. And there is where we find rest. Thank you that you are always out searching. You are seeking us diligently until you find us. God, if there's an area in my life where I've wandered off from your will or your way, would you seek after me and, and remind me, convict me of where I have gone astray in my thinking, in my attitudes, and in my heart. God, would you help us in this way? And we know that you will because your word tells us that you seek until you find. And we're going to trust in that promise. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Interestingly, Jesus says nothing about the circumstances of how the coin got lost. He is not concerned with those details necessarily. Same with us. He knows our past, but he does not allow those details to deter him from looking for you or me. It's insignificant to the work he needs to do to find you. Also, the coin did nothing to get found. The coin did not sprout legs and make its way to a more noticeable place. The coin did not roll into the light of the day. The coin's only hope of being found was the woman's efforts. And our only hope in being found is in Jesus' efforts. What about the lost friend or family member? What if you are one of the other nine coins? What do you do? You stay in Jesus' hand, in the safe place of his presence, and you pray that as Jesus seeks that friend or family member, that they will be found. Rest in the fact that Jesus does not forget anyone or gives up on anyone. And when he or she is found, you join in the celebration of heaven and you rejoice. Thank you for joining me today. Next week, we'll continue in Luke 15 as we look at the parable of the lost sheep and see what the good shepherd has in store for us then. I hope that you will meet me right back here and I pray God's blessings on your week. Bye. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know 
that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Centered podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.